0: While I was in uh, training, there were no uh, professors who, who are doing rhinoplasty in my department and uh, throughout other uh, departments in uh, my country, in ENT. Yeah, you, I, I, I didn't have a YouTube at that time, it was 1990 uh, or something, and um, uh, video was not that much available, And so it was <laughs> not an easy decision, but I was determined.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Rhinoplasty Podcast with me, Dr. Cameron McIntosh. This month, for the month of February in 2022, the podcasts are brought to us by Medhold Instruments. Medhold make fantastic rhinoplasty instruments. Thanks, shout out to Medhold. And on my guest today on the show is somebody who is so influential in a part of the world that sometimes we're not really aware of because so much of rhinoplasty seems to be dominated um by the European the Americans. But it is such an honor for me to have Professor Yongyu Jang all the way from Seoul Korea. Yongyu, Yu, thank you so much for your time.
0: Yeah, thank you for having me in uh, this um interest uh podcast. Uh, it's a real honor for
1: me. Awesome. Well I'm I'm really looking forward to hearing all sorts of things. Like okay. the, the first thing, I get your C V and I just mm-hmm. don't have the time of day to read so many <laughs> publications. Etc. Yeah. Etc. It's It's amazing. It's really, I know that you are the forefront of uh, rhinoplasty in Asia. So I want to kick off yeah. my, my first question. Just tell us as listeners,
2: how did, what was your journey to getting where you're at now? Uh, yeah. Um, when I was a resident,
0: EMT uh, in uh, Seoul National University Hospital, um, unfortunately, I had no chance to observe any rhinoplasty. No single rhinoplasty, because there was zero rhinoplasty in ENT at that time in Korea. And my professors didn't do rhinoplasty. So after um, finishing my training and military service, I started my teaching career in 1996 wow. at Tunguk University. Uh, it, is, it was located about uh, 100 kilometers southern part of Seoul. And it is mid-sized uh, private university medical center. And I started my independent practice there. I saw patients and I started my uh, usual uh, surgeries like separate surgery and uh, sinus surgery and sleep surgery. But I happen to know that there are huge demand on my side that there are patients coming with deformed nose or together with functional issues. So because I was, uh, Not trained for the rhinoplasty. I was a little bit uh, afraid of of approaching them, but I um, decided that the rhinoplasty should be done by ENT surgeons.
2: So I have a huge ambition that, yeah, although I didn't uh, have uh, enough teaching,
0: uh, enough uh, training on that, I I decided to uh, teach myself. Wow. And I started um, studying through uh, books. Uh, at that time, unfortunately, we don't have um, YouTube. Uh, yes. Uh, not that many uh, educational videos. So it was not an easy path, but um, I collected many books and I, I read, read the video again. <laughs> and I started my first rhinoplasty case in uh, 1990, end of 1996. It was patient who, who has a uh, nose and septal uh, deviation. And, and uh, from that time on, I did about 10 rhinoplasty So I was kind of an occasional surgeon at that
2: time. So can I uh, ask you a question? When uh,
1: you were learning, were you already a mm-hmm. specialist otolaryngologist or ENT, or was this during your residency time?
0: Um, yeah, I uh, finished my training in ENT residence residency in Seoul National University Hospital. While I was in uh, training, there were no uh, professors okay. who were who doing rhinoplasty in my department and uh, throughout other uh, departments in uh, my country. It was EMT. exactly
1: the same with me. I ended up doing yeah, 50 yeah. cadaver nose dissections. So I did 50 rhinoplasties as a resident, I had to teach myself, but we we had oh. YouTube. You didn't, you had to get the books.
0: Yeah, you, I, I I didn't have YouTube at the time. It was 1990 uh, or something. And um, uh, video was not that much available. So it was <laughs> not an easy decision, but I was determined. I I thought that I need to do this because there are patients. So, uh, so I was quite determined at the time.
1: So then you started off with that first saddle nose. I mean, you, mm-hmm. from there... It Mm -hmm. it could easily have gone the other direction. I mean, something Mm -hmm. made you then wanting to really get into it and get to the point where you're actually writing books and running amazing courses, Mm -hmm. which you want to talk about. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. that split could have said, no, I've done one rhinoplasty or few. I don't want to carry on. What made Mm -hmm. you then want to continue Mm -hmm. with doing rhinoplasty?
2: Oh, I see. see. Uh,
0: In my early career, I had um, some good results and some bad results. And, uh, I have one, uh, patient, uh, quite memorable. Um, at that time, I, um, uh, she had a saddle and a, some deviation. So at that time, I usually asked my chest surgeons how best the rib cartridges for me. But the problem happened. The chest, uh, resident came in the OR and then he made a huge perforation at the plural. And what he, uh harvested was the um combination of uh with bone and cartilage so Ooh. I couldn't do uh, good work with that uh, mixture of the bone and cartilage and just suffered a lot due to um pneumothorax. Wow and I had a very very harsh complaint and it was kind of my defining moment. So wow. I couldn't sleep uh, for two days and I, I thought about it quite a lot and then I, should I go on rhinoplasty? Should I quit here? But, uh, because of the suffering I
2: had, um, I, um, decided to uh, go on, uh, further. So, um, in, after that event, I studied more hard and it
0: was in 2001 in my this uh, country in South Korea, if you're a university faculty, you have a chance to uh, have a sabbatical leave for one year. Mm-hmm. So uh, in 2001, I had a chance to visit um, any country I want for further study uh, as a university mm-hmm. faculty. So first, I emailed to a um, few uh, eminent surgeons in Europe and the uh, U.S., but um, they didn't reply to me I don't know why, but so, um, because at that time I was also doing uh, basic research in the, uh, nasal physiology. Mm-hmm. I have, uh, I decided to go to UC Davis, University of California Davis mm-hmm. uh, at the physiology department, uh, to, uh, study, um, basic research on the, uh, mucosal physiology. But luckily I have a chance to visit the ENT department there and I met, uh, Dr. Jonathan Sykes, who is a uh, quite um, yes. a famous facial plastic surgeon, uh, we became good friends. So uh, while I was there, um, most of my time was uh, dedicated to, to the research, but I visited his um, operating room uh, twice a week, mm-hmm. and it was kind of eye-opening experience for me because um, yeah, actually he didn't send much many rhinoplasty, but he does uh, facelift and uh, reconstruction and many other things. The one thing I was um, quite impressed was that in US, the facial plastic surgery division is quite strong. It's mm-hmm. very very strong
2: uh division. So at that time in Korea, there's uh, no nothing like that. So I have a
0: strong aspiration and longing that um, this is a really good thing Mm -hmm. for the whole ENT and for the benefit of patients. So I I returned to Korea in 2002, uh, July. So I stayed in the U.S. about about 16 months there.
1: Wow, that's nuts.
0: And um, when I returned to Tungguk University again, uh, right, about two or three months later, I got a job offer from Asan Medical Center, where I'm working now. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the best and biggest tertiary medical center in my country. It is also ranked as a top
2: by the Newsweek rating in Korea. And um, so it was kind of huge opportunity for me because
0: it's a big chance for me to promote myself. Uh, you know, the next level, so I accepted the offer. I moved to this Assam Medical Center in 2002 December, it's over, wow. almost 10 years
1: ago. Wow, and so, now how many physicians are there at the center? How many doctors work in ENT?
2: Yes, all
1: together, all and in ENT?
0: Huh? Uh, yeah, yeah, let me say the Asan Medical Center is about 2,700 beds, wow. it's a tertiary medical center. We have a Oh, about
2: five hundred uh full time faculty our ENT department has about um seventeen uh
0: e n t uh faculty So I, i'm a, i'm a, actually i'm a chairman uh, prophet, prof prof chairman there That's and um yeah when i'm moving to assam atton
2: i made my um i, I um i talked to myself that um Yeongju, uh,
0: how will, uh, how will you establish your name in mm-hmm. the society? So my strong desire was I want to make myself as a established rhinoplast surgeon mm-hmm. because this is, um, unch- uncharted territory. Um, I think, um, we need to do this. Um, because, um, rhinoplast is really challenging and uh, every case is different and uh, it's, um, that's, um, really challenging and, uh, uh, addictive work. So when coming to Asa America, I decided that, oh, I have to build up rhinoplastic practice in Asa Medical Center. And, uh, furthermore, one day, if, if I, if I can, I want to establish a facial plastic surgery society like in U.S., mm. in Korea. Mm-hmm. So that was my dream. So, um, Although I didn't have that many cases in Dangong University because it was uh, located in uh, southern part of Korea and uh, not that big hospital. Um, right after coming to Asan Medical Center, I have an uh, influx of patients because um, this is kind of a tertiary medical center. I think that I was not that qualified, but I had to train myself to cope with all the difficult cases. And uh, 2003, uh, right after I moved to Asan Medical Center, it's about six months after I moved to that place. I opened my first rhinoplasty symposium there.
1: No way. Asan Medical, uh, ASAN Rhinoplasty symposium. And that's like 17 years or something it's been going.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in the meantime, I, I skipped one or two years, uh, but it's uh, ongoing until um, uh, uh, 2021. Next year, I will uh, host an uh, 18th event. Wow. And Nyongjoo, these was, are not. Um, this
1: isn't some small little summit. I mean, you've got the big names of rhinoplasty that come out.
0: Yeah, yeah. Actually, um, when I started for the first time, it was 2003, it was just half-day course, uh, speakers, some domestic speakers, and my mentor, Jonathan Sykes, was a speaker there. It was half-day um, course. Opened to just uh, our domestic doctors, but from two thousand five, I opened it to the all uh, to the internationally. So, in two thousand five, uh, my our guest speaker was uh, Peter Adamson, and um, and I also decided to, to do live surgery from third event. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was not that much qualified to perform live surgery whole day, but um, I push it myself and, uh, after deciding that I, okay, I will, uh,
1: do live study. That's great. I, so I want to uh, ask yeah, you a few I, uh, things. <laughs> so tell me. I train myself. This, this, okay. how, so the podcast is going out to more than 70 countries around the world. If yeah, people yeah. are wanting to be able to access your course, mm-hmm. how can they do mm-hmm. that? Do they have to be there in person? Or can they log in remotely? Maybe you want to tell us a little bit more about the course for the listeners.
0: Yes, actually, uh, on this, until the sixteenth event, it was offline uh, conference. So you have to register. You have to physically uh, in Seoul, Korea. Mm-hmm. But um, in two thousand twenty, with the advent of a pandemic, I missed. I skipped the two thousand twenty event last year. I opened it as just a Zoom live conference. No registration fee is required. You just register through the, our, the website and then you can enjoy the uh, uh, live, uh, live coverage of the, the le- many good lectures. And what is that website uh, address? Uh, I will detail later. <laughs> okay, okay. So I think I think you have very good connection. Later, I will send you the the contact contact information. So um, in two thousand twelve, uh, this year I will host it on fourteenth of
1: May. Brilliant. Yes. But they can also follow you on Instagram. You're very active on Instagram. If if people want to, Uh not that active, but
0: yeah, yeah I have an Instagram account, and uh, yeah, so um, uh, all the information will be uh, uploaded at uh, Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn, and um, I have a huge mailing list. So I send them uh, the email for invitation for uh, participating in the symposium, and I, I I I I also want to get your help. I I know that you have a huge, uh, big pick. Uh, List of the uh, uh, the, the rhino
3: so, uh, yeah. so, so, yeah. So last year
0: we have about uh, thirteen hundred participants from 70, 70 countries. Seventy Good. countries. Me.
1: There we go, guys. Yeah. So the doyen of Asian rhinoplasty. rhinoplasty I'm speaking yeah. to him right now. So make sure yeah, you yeah. get to this course. So I want to ask you a question about the live surgeries because we've mm-hmm. run some courses here with live surgeries and i heard a very mm-hmm. interesting comment the other day where a, a surgeon who would normally take maybe 2 hours to do a rhinoplasty mm-hmm. in his own theater where he's comfortable mm-hmm. with his team now mm-hmm. takes 4 hours when mm-hmm. he's doing live surgery and that messes yeah. the whole schedule up and stuff so an interesting comment was made was to say perhaps live surgery should almost be pre-recorded in that person's operating theater mm-hmm. and then they can speak mm-hmm. the, the 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 listeners through it i don't know what you think about that
0: um actually um for me doing live surgery in my center is not that difficult because uh mm-hmm. the surgical setting and the people helping me uh i really accustomed to the that environment but um I had a chance to do live surgery uh more than ten countries europe middle east asia india i have i did the live surgery in india more than uh, six times
1: wow not south <laughs> africa yeah, we,
0: with, uh, yeah well, one day if i can <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, new instrument uh i didn 't bring my instrument uh i I go there alone, but i try to uh, make um uh, Try to keep the time well, and then I think uh, I'm kind of the um, live surgery expert.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You can. (laughs) That's awesome. So, Youngju, tell me. I want to kind of an encouragement for the guys who are kind of starting their careers. Mm -hmm. What have been the low points for you in your career? The times we have spoken a little bit about it, but but times that that you've like doubted and had results that weren't what you expecting, and how did you Get past that to continue being the surgeon that you've become
0: yeah, I think um yeah, that's the real challenge if you uh, want to be a competent and
2: serious rhinoplast surgeon. I think that rhinoplast demand you quite a big emotional up and down
3: mm.
0: yeah? uh, we have really gratifying results with a very appreciative patient in most cases, but um Sometimes we have infection, we have cosmetic dissatisfaction. Sometimes we have really, really strange people that we don't know. Mm. We we cannot fathom the inside of their mind. So so I think
2: um, it's very important to uh, build up your mental fitness and physical fitness. So I spend, um, for me, I spend a lot of time for uh, boosting up, uh, uh, make me, uh,
0: more mentally strong, yes. make me more, more mentally resilient because, yeah, one day I did two surgeries and I came back home and uh, I look back the
2: operation. Suddenly I have a regret and that, oh, I shouldn't do that. Mm. In that moment, it, it easily be, I become panicked and yes. I got frustrated. And this fountain. So, but it's just thought. Thought is just thought. Mm-hmm. You have to uh, overcome those those kind of thought attacks by building up your mental
0: fitness. I think there are many ways of uh, strengthening your mental
2: fitness. Uh, physical fitness is also important. But for me, I I read many uh, books of uh, about uh
0: just like uh, stoic uh, philosophy and uh, yes uh as I live something about meditation and i I thought about uh, this life a lot, yeah, yeah, mm. without that kind of thing i think um uh i can, can cannot uh, sustain my work, yeah yeah, because I think I'm quite um emotionally vulnerable people lot yeah 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 so uh, i I know myself very well so so that's why I uh, try my every effort to, um, to make me uh, much more resilient and much more stronger.
1: That's great. So tell me, what are the big things that have changed over the years in your techniques mm-hmm. from when you were first starting out until where you are now?
2: Oh, yeah. Um, I'm not sure whether – I think you maybe know,
0: but maybe you don't know in this part of the world in uh, korea and asian country um the people who are seeking rhinoplasty they want to have a strong prominent dosen. nasal bridge yes. and nasal tip yes the, yeah conventional way of doing rhinoplasty especially in private practice nowadays natural dosm is um Augmented with uh, silicone, uh, Mm allopause implant like silicone. Uh, But um, because I'm working at tertiary medical center, I have um, influx of many patients who have complications related (laughs) to the silicone implant. So I happen to um, shown myself keep the distance away from uh, silicone. So I tried many uh, different materials for those augmentation. Um. First, I um. So I tried many, many different things, mostly um uh, biological homologous tissue or biological uh, autologous tissue, but nowadays I ended up with uh, using uh, mostly uh, coastal cartilage. About uh, more than eighty percent of my uh, cases to build up the nasal mm-hmm. dorsum and also to. Uh, strengthen and um, augment the nasal tip.
2: So,
1: and how um, do you actually augment yeah. it? What technique do you use to augment
2: the dorsum? Yeah. I have many, many uh, painful experience after I started using coastal cartilage Actually, uh, in
0: 2015, I, I uh, delivered a Joseph lecture in European Academy. I got uh, Joseph medal. It was uh, quite a good, uh, great recognition for me. The title of my talk was The Joys and Sorrows of Coastal Cartilage Rhinoplasty. Yes. The reason why I uh, chose that uh, title was that uh, we were taught that uh, if we use coastal cartilage, you don't need to worry about the infection. It's not true. Hmm. Yeah. We were taught by many uh, students that uh, you have to use autologous fish all, all the time. But Technically, uh, it's not easy. And also, um, the problem of the, the using costal cartilage for the nasal dosum is you run the risk, very high risk of warping, prominence, irregularity, sometimes infection. So if the patient has very thick skin, yeah, I, I I recommend that you can use the block designed cartilage, costal cartilage, but, uh, after experiencing uh, so, so many painful cases of the aesthetic failure, now I ended up with uh, using a diced cartilage, glued diced cartilage, yes. coupled with a little bit of fascia or pericondrium yeah. at the outer surface, and I designed a special mold. Mm-hmm. 3D printed mold. Mm-hmm. I I call it non Cartridge mold, and I, I submitted a paper uh, last year. And it, is, it was accepted in PRS, and will really appear this year.
2: And I started using uh, this mold about um, three years ago. It, uh, nine oh four years ago, and um, so far, the the result is really gratifying. So. I had a very torturous um, course to find out this
0: um, material. Uh, I used uh, in one day. I used a lot of homologous cartilage, and I found that uh, eventually it disappeared. I used a lot of fascia. In some cases, it, it the result is good, but in some cases, it causes uh, open the nose like this. Mm-hmm. And I found that uh, ear cartilage and septal is not enough in its amount. Yeah, yeah. And um I found that postal cartilage, blood postal cartilage put on the nasal dosion
2: causes a lot of cosmetic issues. Now I can tell you that there's no single way which doesn't
0: have any problem. But uh, at least in my hand so far, this this will be my final um uh, final, uh, final uh, method and I think uh I'll be with this. Uh, the rest of my uh, career.
1: Oh, it's a dangerous thing to say. You never know what happens, but Yongju, I've seen... Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. You I've... never know what it happened.
3: Yeah.
1: But
0: I've... yeah, I've... I know there's some problem. Uh, there's some uh, resorption. Hmm? There's a volume loss. But the um, cosmetic outcome is significantly better than using blocked cutlets. And so it's very important. I think you uh, pointed out a very important point. No, listen. The, the tricky thing of rhinoplasty is that we never know what will happen ten years, yeah, ten years later. Yeah, that—that's the the problem we have.
1: So I, I've actually listened to some of your talks and watched some of the, them on this exact thing. For the listeners,
2: mm-hmm.
1: how can they get hold of these molds?
2: Um, mold. So uh, the problem is, I asked somebody
0: in our university who. Uh, working at the um design uh, department and he uh, had a small company so he's making it but the problem is he doesn't have any uh, experience in selling those kind of things yeah. so yeah i got a personal email so uh, asking how i how they can get it so so um we are improving the system of delivery and um uh, uh we i want to make the the People uh, who want to use this one get it this more easily. So, yeah, just wait.
3: <laughs> yeah, so
1: so yeah. The, the listeners out there, I highly recommend it. Instead of taking an insulin syringe or two more syringe and cutting and putting it, rather get something that's custom made for the nose. So, young ju's got. I think those. Uh, it's
0: much more convenient and uh, just have some merits. And you're to, using
1: uh, um glue for that.
0: Yeah, I use PVA um, uh, glue. Yes, I think it. It has many different brand names,
3: yeah, yeah.
2: Uh,
0: but any kind of tissue glue would be
2: sufficient. Um,
1: uh, yeah, because we, I mean, we're, I'm in South Africa, so there's also a lot of African noses that we want to do exactly the same for us to build up oh, uh, that flat dorsum. Um,
2: yeah,
1: yeah. So I've, I've got another topic I want to chat you about, and this is about the, the bright or the light and the dark side of rhinoplasty. Tell the listeners a little oh, yeah. bit more about that.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, the bright side, um the most precious bright, uh, bright side for me is that I trained
0: many doctors in Korea and from all over the world. so now uh, many of my many uh, uh, my, uh, my students are practicing in private and university hospital and they are also teaching rhinoplast to their students. And so far, I had about 120 uh, international fellows, a uh, short term or long term, who visited me from more than 20 countries. Yeah, that uh, it, it, it's. They are my asset. It gives me a strong sense of fulfillment. There's that the sense that I contribute a little bit uh, to the right process, and that uh, that's the uh, most. A gratifying, um, aspect of my, the bright side of rhinoplasty. And one other thing is by, uh, indulging myself in rhinoplasty, I got to have many, many good friends like you. Yeah. All they're, the, they're uh, big surgeons in Europe and Asia and, uh, U.S. Yeah. We, we are so close each other. We, we can good friends And also, um, I could publish uh, many books and many uh, could publish many research in on rhinoplasty, and uh, those are my rewards. But uh, the dark side is that, as I uh, mentioned before, uh, I'm quite vulnerable emotionally. Mm -hmm. So uh, sometimes uh, I have a a period of uh, gloomy, a gloomy period because of the. With uh, some series of the uh, bad results and series of problems. And uh uh I have actually I have a migraine headache. So
2: sometimes mm-hmm.
0: uh, yeah, this the emotional upset caused my migraine headache, and uh, so yeah, yeah, those, those are but I think uh, uh I think that's the life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this life is consisted of bright side and dark side. So I accept it. And uh I think um, I thought that. I experienced rhinoplasty more than twenty over twenty-seven years. I thought that, yeah, it's time for me to do rhinoplasty much more fast. But the thing is, my rhinoplasty time is increasing and increasing. Really? I, yeah, because uh, the something I couldn't see before, now I can see. So, I, I spend more and more time. So, (laughs) So I think. as I told you, it's a physically and mentally um, demanding job. Uh, so, um, yeah, that, that's the, uh, I think I, rhinoplasty is just like a life. Yeah, it gives me a lot of joy, sometimes it gives me a lot of
1: sorrow. Okay, so, so if you say it's taking you longer to do operations, just as mm-hmm. a ballpark figure, more or less, how long would a primary rhinoplasty be
2: taking? Normally? Yeah. Um, when I didn't use coastal cartilage, it took about two, two hours plus, uh, mm-hmm. but um, as I said you
0: I nowadays I almost routinely use coastal cartilage. It takes about three hours to mm-hmm. three and a half hours. But in very um, complicated revision case, it um, may take four hours, but no no more than four hours.
1: Wow. Yeah. But that's interesting because you, you see out on social media, guys who are doing, or five hundred rhinoplasties in a year? Oh, I don't know, hey. That's a that's a lot of rhinoplasties to do in a year, and I don't know what the results will be like if you do five hundred rhinoplasties in a
3: year.
2: Yeah, yeah, but that, yeah, people
0: have a different uh, capacity and capability. And um, actually, um, my rhinoplasty is around one hundred fifty to two hundred per year, yeah. because I am working at the university hospital studying. So I cannot use the operating theater all the time. So I do operate um, two full days and mm-hmm. one half day.
1: Wow. So yeah. Yes. Oh, that's and a then, lot. Then, um, and yeah. you're teaching, et cetera. So I've, I've got two more questions I want to ask you. The first mm-hmm. question is, mm-hmm. where do you see the future of rhinoplasty going over the next decade or two? Perhaps kind of added to that is, is some of your views on on um, preservation rhinoplasty?
0: Oh, I see. Uh, future of the rhinoplasty? I think uh, you know that um, now the deep learning and artificial intelligence and several things are um, having a quite big impact in radiology and uh, pathology and uh, internal medicine. But I think... Um,
2: the rhinoplasty will remain as quite a human
3: mm-hmm. the area
2: which
0: what, which need real human touch and human hands
3: mm-hmm. uh,
2: so I think um in the sense of technological advancement um I don't have any idea so which,
0: which uh, what kind of new technology will will bring this rhinoplasty to the next level I, I
2: don't have any idea. But, um, I think, um, one thing is that, um, we should be in our practice. We should be more evidence based in our practice.
0: Yeah. So So, uh, that's, I think that's the right way. That, that's why I published many papers. We, in this area, we tend to uh, just follow the uh, big master's opinion. Yeah. One master said, this is this. Then we just follow with no criticism, but um, I think it's a kind of dangerous attitude. So we need to be much more evidence based in uh, sorting out what's the uh, best technique and uh, uh, how we should evaluate the patient and sort of thing. And your second question is about preservation rhinoplasty. I'm a little bit uh, cautious about this because uh, I know what uh, the preservation rhinoplasty is uh, to be frank with you I personally um, on my side in my area we we have many patients with DVH nose we have patients with hump nose so um, I, we can adapt that uh, that new concept to our patient Frankly speaking, uh, personally, I don't uh, have any strong uh, uh, urge and need to employ uh, that concept because, in my idea, uh, the the way I did so far works very for uh, very good for the patient. And uh, I think here is one thing we have to all consider that in early nineteen nineties there was a. So sleep surgery was quite quite a fashion in ENT society. So we did many sleep surgery. But uh,
2: many years later, it turned out to be that um, it's not that effective. Mm. But during that many years, many surgeons followed the fashion of the surgery. So I think... um,
0: um, I think there is, must be a very good thing in preservation of but because personally, I didn't have that much experience. I'm not in the position to comment on that, but <clears throat> we have to be uh, much more careful and we have to collect much more evidence mm. Mm. to justifying uh, that particular approach. I think the, the conservatism and preserving the normal anatomy is very, very important. Uh, aspect we certainly have to stick yeah mm-hmm. the, no doubt yeah
2: but um but you have to be very uh, careful and uh just following the, the big surgeon's uh, recommendation Isn't, yeah yeah no no you got to be cautious
1: okay so um my last question for you Yongju is for the listeners out there, who are kind of at the start of their careers, or they're interested in wanting to become a rhinoplasty specialist. I mean, you've been at this thing for thirty years. What would your advice be to people? How do you think is the best uh, path to go to to become a really, really top at, in rhinoplasty? Yeah,
2: um, I think um, um, I think
0: rhinoplasty is not is not not an easy operation because there's a real finesse to just a millimeter difference can make a huge difference. Just a millimeter difference in the nostril level will make the patient very, very unhappy. So, um,
2: if you want to be a serious rhinoplastoma, I think uh, you have to be very, very critical for your result. So, I always keep, I keep all the the photographs. With me, so I look back with uh, I, I look back the the result
0: with uh, the what I uh, the operation record what I have done and I actually I record all the surgeries I have a very good uh, recording system so mm-hmm. I have huge collection of the, the surgery records so sometimes I go back to the video and then um, I. Um, so it's very important to train yourself. Yes. Train yourself by looking back your cases, and um, update your uh, knowledge yes. with um, new uh, papers and uh, opinion from other experts. And uh, last but not least, as I said, I want to emphasize that you have to
2: be uh, physically and mentally uh, fit, uh, and you have to be able to become a good doctor
0: who listens very carefully what the patients are saying yeah, so that that's my yeah. then I think uh, you can have a lot of fun yes Just, um yeah. it's been many many years since I uh devote my myself in rhinoplasty. Still, any uh always a new case is me uh uh if I have a surgery tomorrow uh. It, it uh, be, uh, asked me to think about uh, a lot of different things and uh, it excites me. Uh, I think it's kind of, uh, I have kind of dopamine surge. Yes. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's, that's why I say it's addictive.
1: <laughs> that's awesome. So guys, you've heard it, eh? you got to get physically fit, get off your butt, stop reading your books too much and get fit, get emotionally healthy, listen to your patients. Dedicate yourself <laughs> to rhinoplasty. I mean, what an inspiration this last uh, 40 minutes has been is to, to hear your story and to you know, just kind of get a glimpse of what has brought you to where you've done. So for, on behalf of all the listeners um, around the world, a huge thank you, um, Yongju, for your time. Medhold, thank you oh, for sponsoring the, the, the podcast. And yeah, uh, we really wish you all the very best. Um, guys, if you want to learn how to do Asian rhinoplasty and you want to be inspired, get to Korea, man please try and okay. try and hook up uh, with one of the, the gentlemen of rhinoplasty around the world.
3: Thank
1: you. So thank you.
0: Yeah, my pleasure. So I respect your uh, tremendous effort bringing all the rhinoplasty surgeons in the world together. So you are you, uh, really uh, country the first of the all the rhinoplasty surgeons in the world for the communication
1: and uh, longing for uh, uh, learning something new. So,
0: You're
3: doing a great job. Awesome. Congratulations.
1: (laughs) Thank (laughs) you. And we look forward to having you guys again next week on the Rhinoplasty podcast with me, Dr. Cameron McIntosh. Have a great rest of the day.